This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is our special guest. His name is Brent Lancaster. He is broker owner of his own real estate company, Brent Lancaster & Associates. He is also president CEO of one of the nation's oldest real estate schools, the Bob Brooks School of Real Estate. Brent, welcome on to the show today. Thanks, Allison. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to be having you on. And I know you come on and, and you know, you talk to Ohio Realtors numerous different times. You've hosted CE classes for us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about um, this world of real estate economics, what it means. We know how much goes into real estate transactions, a real estate piece of property. And we're going to dive into all that and just get a good pulse check on where we stand today, what we can expect in the future and what our agents should be paying attention to. But before we get started on that, Brent, I'd like to learn a little bit more um, about you. Could you tell us about you, your career journey, how you got started in real estate? Um, tell us what's led you to where you are today. Well, I'd love to, Allison. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Second of all, the good news is uh, nothing's happening uh, in real estate economics these days. So uh, this might be a little bit of a boring podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally irrelevant topic, right? <laughs> sure, no problem. No problem. But this is year 20 for me. So uh, a few months ago, I celebrated my 20th anniversary as a uh, licensee. I'm from uh, Louisiana. So uh, born and raised in Louisiana, spent a, a couple of years outside of Louisiana, but uh, this is home. I graduated with a degree in economics. And uh, and so that's sort of where it all started is, is sort of in college. We took some accounting classes and those were terrible. Uh, and so we we got into economics and it really got interesting. And I really sort of enjoyed the, the research behind it. You know, why is it that consumers make decisions that they make? And, and sort of uh, when it came to practicing real estate, I, uh, I was born and raised in the real estate world. My grandfather was a farm and land appraiser. And so uh, I spent my high school summers measuring farms, going to courthouses, checking records, different things like that. So it was, uh, it, it's been, it's been with me for a long time. Uh, and then uh, as I started my real estate career, I got the opportunity to partner in a real estate school. And then we, uh, my wife and I eventually purchased the school and here we are. So we've got uh, a little bit of a school background and a little bit of a real estate background. But uh, ultimately, you know, when it comes to the market, I'm, I'm just fascinated by what makes a buyer decide to buy and a seller decide to sell and how do they kind of come to that agreement. So that really is what started more or less the economic research of it all. And then we, we enter into a 
three or four crazy uh, years in transitioning where, you know, literally the market changes hour by hour, week by week. And and I've always been fascinated with the general question, right? When when people find out you're in real estate, Allison, they say, well, how's the market? And And my frustration is agents are taught to say, well, the market's good or the market's great, or it's always a good time to buy or sell. And my argument against that is that that doesn't make you different. If every other agent saying the market's good, well, that doesn't make you an expert. Uh, and so I, I'm I'm encouraging uh, all agents, particularly now, is to have an opinion. If they say how's the market, you know, ninety percent of buyers and sellers want their agents to be honest. And and right now may not be a good time for some buyers and sellers, but also right now might be a great time for buyers and sellers. And to be able to identify those really is going to be exciting. So that's. That's my passion. I get kind of worked up when I talk about that. So I hope we get a chance to explore that today. Yeah, and we are. And I love, you know, when I have guests come on like yourself, you can just tell, you know, when you talk to them, you can see the excitement, you can see the energy, uh, you know, that you have for this. That's exactly what we're going to get into today. And I'm really excited to, to hear more about your perspective on the theories and the ideas and what you've learned in your experience as to why this is the case. And, you know, I think you said something really interesting there, too, that, we always want to say the market's good, right? But what's the harm in actually telling the truth? Because it might not always be good. And especially, you know, where we are sitting today, you know, and we're going to get into all of this, all the different factors that come into play here with with interest rates. And, and, and I mean, things like that. From your perspective, where are we standing today? What are you seeing kind of as just where the market stands right now? Tell us a little bit about where what we're in currently. Well, I, I think we're in a, a really interesting spot and, and agents sit in a, in, a, in a difficult position in the sense that you've got kind of two lines of thinking. The first one is, okay, what am I going to do from now to the end of the year? Sort of how am I going to get my business today? Uh, and then also you've got, okay, we're, we're trying to plant those seeds for business in the future. And going back to what you said, being honest, what you're doing is, you know, planting those seeds for the future, right? Somebody might want to buy and sell, but it may not be a good time today. Well, that doesn't mean that next spring isn't going to be a good time. That doesn't mean the next summer is going to be a good time. So, it, you know, there's no harm essentially in saying, okay, well, now may not be a good time for you today, but when market forces shift, if interest rates go down, if, if uh, you know, equity goes up or anything like that, well, well, then all of a sudden we turn a would-be buyer into a buyer. And I think I think people appreciate that honesty. Um, as far as where we are today, we're in a transition. Uh, we, we in For three years, uh, for well, at least two and a half, uh, 19, uh, and then obviously the pandemic hit, 20, 21, and the first three months of 22, this entire country was in the exact same market. You had crazy low interest rates. You had crazy low supply. You had buyers coming out of the woodworks. You had uh, you know, over and above asking prices and, you know, multiple offers and all of that. And what's weird is everybody was experiencing that. You were experiencing in Ohio, I was experiencing in Louisiana, and every single group that I talked to was sort of in the same boat. As interest rates started to rise, sort of March, April of 22, you really started to see some some buyers jump on the fence, pull out of the buying pool. You saw some sellers, you know, starting to I don't say panic, but days on market, I guess, increased. And and so you kind of entered into October, November of last year is really when interest rates hit 7%. About mid-November of last year is when interest rates hit 7%. And that really scared some folks. And and I remember uh, October, November, and December of last year. And uh, I mean, I was 
I was wearing gym shorts and my house was clean and my office was clean and everything was, you know, perfect, but uh, everything was perfect in my house, not necessarily in my real estate business, but, but obviously uh, the market shifted and, and, and it was right around that time where not every real estate market was the same. And so what was going on nationally was not necessarily what was going on locally. And, and that's really sort of where, where I think agents have the opportunity uh, to differentiate themselves because uh, I just saw a, uh, a, an article yesterday in our local publication that kind of talked about prices were falling. And while they're not wrong, they are a little bit deceiving in those instances, mainly because I know, and I can show you the graph because I track the market that guess what happens to prices every year in October, November, December, and January, they fall. They, they fell during the pandemic. They fell in 2021 and uh, they fell, you know, in, in all of these other circumstances. So, you know, yes, prices are falling, but they do it every single year. So, so having that market knowledge and being able to communicate that is, is really something, uh, something. So I, I really kind of encourage agents to number one, know what's going on nationally but also compare that to their local their local market. Yeah, so important. And that just really brings, you know, another layer of expertise into what we do, you know, as real estate agents. Do you, is there, you know, a best way that you uh, would suggest, you know, getting updates on the current market, getting updates on where certain things stand? What would you suggest to agents as the best way to find out this information? And, and um, what are those go-to sources? I want to keep it simple. I, I'm not smart enough to remember number after number after number. So, the, the three numbers really that I believe if there's nothing else that an agent can do, the three numbers that I would track, and you can get them from your local MLS, are number one is closed sales. Um, and that's not a number that I would, I would talk publicly to buyers and sellers about, but from a business standpoint, you know, closed sales are important to me, um, mainly because I want to know how we're doing. So for example, in, in my local market, uh, closed sales is down 27%. Not great. However, it's all comparative, right? So uh, I, I don't think anyone is surprised that there's fewer deals happening today than there were at this point in time last year. So number one, I look at that kind of in a business building standpoint. If the market is down 27% and I'm down 15%, well, I'm doing better than the market, right? And so when you start looking at that from a transactional standpoint, there's fewer transactions. But if I'm down less than the market, that means my market share is growing. My piece of the pie is growing. And so I think that that's kind of encouraging to, to some degree, but keeping track of your local closed sales, just to see kind of where you are from a business standpoint is important. I think a lot of agents, when things get bad, they stick their head in the sand. And, and, and that's just, that's no way to run a business. You know, the, the, the market's smarter than all of us, but ultimately uh, I think that, that, that if, if I know that it's down, at least I can prepare. All right. So what does that mean? The second number that agents need to track is inventory. What is the inventory going on in your local market? Because if you ask me, hey, how's the market? I can tell you that inventory today, right now, inventory, there's more houses available than there were at any point in time in 2023, 22, or 21, going all the way back to December of 2020. So what does that mean? Well, that's good news for buyers. If I'm looking to buy today, then buyers have more choices today than they have at any point since December of 2020. And, and so understanding sort of where inventory is, and on the flip side, a normal market, quote unquote normal, I kind of look at my numbers in 2019, right? We're still 
50% less than we were in 2019. So sort of a 4,000-ish, 4,300 is typically what uh, inventory looks like in 2019. Uh, right now, we're at, at almost 2,700. So if I'm talking to buyers, you got more choices today than you have in the last three years. Uh, if I'm talking to sellers, then, hey, we're still in a low inventory market. Not as crazy low as we were, but I mean, heck, we're still pretty low there. So closed sales is important, inventory is important, and then the final number is, is median home price because median home price really is, is going to tell you sort of what that equity appreciation is, is going to look like. So the, the one thing that, that I have put in my brain is I have looked at median home price and I would, and make no mistake, Allison, these numbers, I can pull these numbers in less than 10 minutes. And most of your MLSs, and I'm going to apologize to all the MLS administrators out there. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and, and you don't know, just write down closed sales, median home price and inventory, and then call your MLS administrator and say, hey, I was listening to a podcast with a guy and he told me I needed these numbers, right? And, and they'll be able to pull it. They'll be able to show you. But at least in our MLS, I can pull data all the way back to 2012. But typically, I just look at 2019 to today. So for instance, if you were to ask me, Allison, uh, and you're a, a buyer or a seller or we're at a party or wherever we are, and you say, hey, how's, uh, how's the market? Uh, basically, what I'll tell you is, well, I was running the numbers yesterday and the median home price in Baton Rouge since 2019 has gone up $43,000, which basically means if you bought a home in 2019, you've got $40,000 more equity today than you did then. My next question is, when did you buy your home? Well, chances are they probably bought their home in 2010, 2012, 2015. They may have lived in their house since 1985. Well, guess what? I've already told them, I've already put $40,000 in their pocket, right? Well, now I, uh, uh, I'm going, well, 2010, holy smokes, you probably have a ton of equity. How about I run a CMA for you? How about we go ahead and sit down and talk about the equity appreciation? So it's a big difference kind of going back to the way we started. If every agent's going to say, hey, the market's good or the market's bad or it's a great time to buy or sell. And I'm telling you that our market has appreciated $40,000 in the past four years. Well, number one, I've differentiated myself. Number two, I've caused that method of, okay, we've got a contact outside of this conversation where I'm going to run a CMA for you. And then we can talk about the equity conversation as well because, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, the the, the, the number one question that every seller has and, and your listeners have heard it and I've heard it is, why in the world would I move if I'm sitting at a 2.75 interest rate? And the best way to kind of overcome that is, well, if you have $160,000 worth of equity in your property, let's show you, let me show you what I can do with that $160,000, right? And, and, and if we can get that $160,000 and we can sell that property, all right, then I've got the listing, I've got the sale, and then all of a sudden, kind of what we were talking about just now, just a minute ago, from a buyer's standpoint, you've got cash. There's no better time to buy than right now. I mean, yes, interest rates are high, but guess what? We've got more choices than we have. We've got sellers that are paying closing costs. They're buying down rates. And, and so you can show buyers and sellers how you can take that equity uh, and, and use the advantage of that equity as a seller and translate that equity to use to your advantage as a buyer. So gone are the days of buyers and sellers just coming out of the woodworks because interest rates are low and supply is down. I think those agents that are going to spend the next three months, the next four months, really working to find the buyers and sellers, shaking loose those buyers and sellers, because now's a great time to buy for certain buyers. 
Now's a great time to sell for certain sellers, but it's just going to take a little bit of work. And the reality is, is some people are willing to put in the work and some people aren't. And if you're willing to put in the work, you, you have a chance to succeed. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Yeah, and that's always, you know, the main factor when we think about how agents are succeeding in times like this. You know, it's possible, it's out there, you can make it happen, but you just, you know, you got to work for it and you got to be willing to kind of, you know, do more than, like you said, than just, you know, the average person sees interest rates are at 2%. Yeah, let's go buy a house, you know. But I do think that that's fascinating when we think about everyone's so fearful of these interest rates and they're the highest, you know, that they've been in 23 years. And we see all the headlines, we see, you know, all the news reports coming out about this. But because the home prices have increased so much in value, that it can almost offset that interest rate. You know, if you're putting, if you're taking that equity and investing it, you know, into a new home and taking that and moving your money that way, that, you know, that interest rate really doesn't matter as much or really can can be okay and still, you know, provide a great opportunity for, for your sellers. And I think that that's really great to think about, you know, as we try to counteract these negative headlines of interest rates and everyone kind of uh, freaking out when they see, you know, that, that sticker price, you know, when it comes to um, what loans they're able to get. What other other factors are you seeing that's impacting the way that market that the market is changing and share with us a little bit more about some of the other things that we should be, you know, on the lookout for or um, you know, paying attention to when it comes to how we're expecting the market to move forward. You know, interest rates is going to be the big number. I mean, I, I there's no shine away from it. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know that I can apologize for it. I certainly can't predict it. But uh, you know, when when buyers and sellers, it's their number one a go to number, and and it should be. I, I'm I'm certainly uh, okay with that. But it is important, Allison, to make sure that everybody knows that it's not all about the interest rate. And and uh, yes, if if you're gonna uh, worry about an interest rate. And if you're not buying today because interest rates are seven and a half, my first question to a buyer is, oh, by the way, what do you want your interest rate to be? At what point are you going to become a buyer? And I mean, you can phrase that in a much nicer way, but but basically, hey, you know, what do you want interest rates to get to? And, and that way you can kind of gauge their interest, right? Some of them are going to say, well, I want it at 2.75. And we can politely tell them that's never happening again in our lifetime. Uh, but if they, you know, once it gets into the sixes, once it gets into the fives, well, again, we've got, we've got some contact, right? We've got people that we know that they want to buy, but we're just need to wait for that interest rate to go down. So those are people that we're going to kind of put in our pipeline. We're going to continue to communicate with, we're going to at least let them know what those interest rates are. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to be in the sixes, you can talk to your lenders. I mean, interest rate buy downs will work. I can get you into a, uh, I can put you into the fives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I can get you into the fives for the first year. I can get you into the sixes for the second year. Um, and if you think interest rates are going to go down, then we can refinance. So it, it's having a little bit more in-depth of a conversation uh, as it relates to those things. But interest rates, you know, they are, 
they are what they are. And, and, and I think if everybody's going to focus on the interest rate, then we, we need to start thinking about that. The other part, Allison, and, and you said something when you said what's coming up into the future is, you know, I, I think buyers need to be educated about sort of supply and demand. And so it's, it's a fundamental principle. But for those of your listeners that were around in 2020 and 2021, they remember how fast the market is going to happen. So if I'm a buyer today, and I believe that interest rates are going to go down, let's call it in the spring of 2024 or in the summer of 2024. If interest rates ever get in the low sixes and the fives, if you're a buyer, guess what? There's going to be a million other buyers as well. So if a buyer really is looking at a house and looking at choices now, when interest rates go down, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to be in low inventory, multiple offers, over and above ask, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to shift back into that, that place that we were uh, two years ago. So it, it's, it's a matter of educating buyers and they're going to say, hey, well, I'm just going to wait till the interest rates get into the fives and then I'm going to be a buyer. It's important for agents to go, okay, well, if they get into the fives, guess what? There's not going to be this many houses that are available. You're not going to be able to negotiate with sellers anymore. There's a lot of us that still have the scars from that, right? As it, we were, we, I was working really hard in 2020. I was making a lot of offers. I wasn't making a whole lot of money because most of them got rejected, but we, we were creating a lot of offers. So for those of you that have been through that, that's going to happen again should the interest rate go down. Now, this is where, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of having an opinion. And this is the long-winded way to answer your question, Allison, is, I do think interest rates are going to go down. I think that's going to happen. Realistically, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, just given where we are, kind of given the next three months, I think I think real estate's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding uh, in November, December, and even into January. And, and that's something that I was talking to some agents yesterday is we, we always plan to the end of the year. Check your numbers for January. Check your MLS for closed sales in January because typically January is the, 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 the lowest month. And just, I think from that standpoint, there's going to be a little bit of a survival aspect, which that's fine. I mean, I think it's going to be important. Uh, but as the optimist in me says, as the weather starts to warm, interest rates are going to come down. The economist in me seems to think all, all things indicate more closer to the summer than the spring, but I can't see interest rates staying where they are anywhere past the summer. And I'm not trying to make a political statement, but if when you've got every national office that's running for re-election next year, Every single congressperson, every single senator, every single presidential candidate—they're not going to want to stare down their constituents at seven and a half. And and I just I think there's going to be a lot of pressure, and we're starting to see now Congress people and that sort of thing that are writing letters to Jerome Powell, who's president of the Fed, that says, "Hey, drop these interest rates." So I do think there's going to be some pressure that's put on. But the Fed was late to react in raising the rates, which has got us into this point. And I think they're going to be re late to react in lowering. But the good news is I do believe it's coming. And, and I think, uh, you know, if you're, if you're building your business for the future, spring, summer, around this time next year, it's going to be, it's going to be super awesome. And, and then 2025 is going to be great as well. But uh, I would say slow go in first quarter, and then we're just going to ramp up from there. So, you know, again, if you're not busy right now, then get busy planting those seeds for spring, summer, and and that. So just because you're not you're not uh, getting busy today, 
doesn't mean you can't plan for the future. That is refreshing news to hear and something that, you know, we've all been hoping for is that light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, this isn't going to be this way forever. Let's ride it out for a few more months and hopefully we start seeing some of those interest rates go down. So that's that's good news and exciting to hear and also exciting to hear about the inventory. And I was so glad that you mentioned that, that, hey, we're actually doing better than we were. We're still not great, but compared to where we were, you know, during the pandemic and in, in the past couple of years, you know, things are improving on that side of things. I think that that is uh, really encouraging to hear as well, because I know that's been such a challenge uh, for so many of our agents uh, is, is the lack of inventory. So good to know. And I think it's just too, we've been in such a unique and different time with COVID for so many different reasons. And now we're finally just getting back to that place of normalcy that it's like, okay, no, this is like, we were so, you know, out of this world for the past few years that we're coming back down to earth now. And this, this is back to where things are starting to stabilize and getting, getting normal again. So I love that you say, you know, check out 2019 instead of, you know, what we've seen the past couple of years, because that is a way better uh, comparison point for when we were, you know, with COVID and all of, and all of that. Anything else that you're expecting to see um, while we're on the topic of the future and looking, you know, into next year, anything else that you're predicting or that you're expecting to see. It could be, you know, with inventory, with, you know, some of the other factors that come into this, anything else that you're seeing or predicting for next year? Well, I I would like to say it's normalizing. I really like that word. I think we're heading more normal than where we were. Uh, One thing that's interesting that, that, you know, I, I I like patterns and trends and that sort of thing. And as, as we talked about uh, median home prices are down month over month in, in my area, but that's normal, right? And when you start looking at those types you see it's going to go down. And then uh, about the second week of January typically is when it kind of goes up uh, and then kind of into February. So uh, when you look at median home prices, your highest is going to be July uh, is your lowest going to be December, January-ish. One thing that sort of is that I'm keeping an eye on that that is uh, sort of against a trend is uh, typically in, in addition to uh, home prices going down, inventory typically goes down this time of year. And what we're seeing nationally is that's not the case. Inventory typically, uh, I mean, when you look at COVID, inventory just shot down uh, <laughs> month over month. Who cares what the weather looked like? But what we have seen is is a gradual increase in inventory in the past couple of weeks. And so I, I do think that that's something that is interesting. I, I think more inventory is going to be helpful than, than hurtful. And I certainly would like to see more inventory coming onto the market. I know sellers don't want to see that. Uh, but I think the more that we can get closer to that, in mine, in mine, uh, it's closer to the four thousand number, but closer to whatever that not twenty nineteen number, uh, that's going to be helpful because, as I said, interest rates are going to get to a point, and this is something that that I think we need to take a look at: is at what point the interest rates need to get to where buyers are going to come out of the woodworks, and if inventory rises through the winter. And then, as we said, kind of late spring, early summer, those interest rates fall. Is it going to be six and a half? Is it going to be six? Point, I mean, in my view, if they ever hit fives, I'm not going to say we're in trouble, but we could go back to 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 co- to 2020 days, right? And so, I think number one, you need to prepare your buyers for that. But number two, you know, the the I want the inventory to be at a level to where the market can sustain that, because the the, the one thing that we don't want is a lot of people wanting to buy and there not to be a whole lot out there. So my hope is that inventory rises and I think that's getting back to normal. But I also think at some point, interest rates are going to, they're going to drop to a level where buyers are going to say, okay, here's where we are. And then Katie bar the door. And 
if you've been preparing for your buyers for this, you're ready. And if you've been sticking your head in the sand, then you're going to be passed by. Do you think it's that five-ish number? Would you say that's when, you know, those floodgates are going to open again and we're kind of going to see the hecticness that has been the past couple of years? Would you say that's kind of the number you're you're thinking about? If it gets there, yeah. yes. If it gets to fives, I, I think people are going to, people are going to start coming out of the woodworks. What I want to see is consistency, right? <laughs> I don't care what the number is. I just want it to stay there for a minute. Uh, when when you start looking at the the interest rate trend, I mean, that's one of the things that, that we look at. You look at the interest rates in 20 and 2021, they're super low. But one thing that they were was stable, right? Everybody was in between 2.75 and 3.7. You know, they were kind of in that area uh, where it was uh, it was crazy low. So there was some variation, but ultimately it was there. There was a period in... Uh, two periods in in July of 2022, where in 30 days, the interest rate went up over a half point. So in 30 days, it was this crazy variation. And then a month later, it went through the exact same variation in two days, right? And and so interest rates were going up so fast, so quick. That's kind of what made 2022 a little weird. And then now we're starting to see a little bit of a variation, but, but at least it's, I mean, yes, we're in the sevens, but we're, we're steady in the seven. So I think next year we're going to be in the sixes. Once we hit the sixes consistently, you're going to see a bump. Once we hit the low sixes, you're going to see a bump. And then uh, we're going to, to into the fives. I think that's when, that's when everybody's going to get interesting. Things are going to get really interesting from a, from a supply side when we hit the five. So if I'm looking at buyers, I'm letting them know, right? That's, that's something that I'm going to reach out and it's great. I'm a big fan of having partners in the industry. I call lenders and title companies every week. And hey, what's going on? How many applications did you take? How many closings did you take? Or how many closings did you have? And and, and I just think it's important to, to kind of keep a pulse on there, your lenders. Uh, what's the interest rate look like? You know, what are you quoting? What's going on? You know, and it just kind of gives me an opportunity that as I'm talking to those buyers, uh, you know, we can kind of give them a sense of reality because they're looking at it every single day. I'm looking at it, but they are living and breathing it every single day. So it's always good to kind of reach out, not only look at your market statistics, but uh, your, your, your partners in the industry can be super helpful. And that's something great to do if you are headed into this slow time. And as you mentioned, you know, if things are, you know, quieter right now than normal, this is great stuff that you can do, you know, in the meantime to prepare yourself for any of these potential changes and um, to just position yourself in the best way to be ready to help your, your buyers and sellers once they are ready. I think that's that's a great, um, that's a great idea. Something that you can do during the meantime. Every lender and every title company is going to pick up your phone right now. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. right? They're they're not too busy. They're just as slow as you are. So uh, they they know exactly what's going on. Yeah, they'll gladly take some time to to sit and chat with with their realtor. So, Brett, this was so great. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing uh, your knowledge and expertise with us. Um, this was super fascinating, and I know I learned a lot, and I hope that our listeners did too. So, thank you for so much for coming on to the show. We really enjoyed having you. Allison, this was a blast. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Y'all have a great day. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.